All right, guys, let, I'll just share a moment of prayer and we'll go straight into, into the word. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity and time that we get to, to feast on your word. Holy Spirit, have your way. Speak through my vocal cords and think through my mind. May our lives never be the same again. As this word comes forth, may it go and may it rest on good ground. And Lord, may we be fruitful in that which we hear. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Now, <clears throat> what I want to talk to you about is maybe something you, that might shake you a little bit. But I think it's essential that we, we have this talk today. I want to talk to you on defeating lust in your mind. Amen? Because the reality is that everyone is going through some form of challenge and sometimes you know when we're in a church setting it's it's really difficult to talk about these things but I just believe that by the finished works of Jesus Christ he has made provision for us to be victorious even in the area of lust amen and I, I think sometimes we can't shy away from talking about the reality of the challenges we sometimes face in isolation that we don't talk about in church. Amen? Have I got a church here today? Yeah. Amen? You're not gonna leave me stranded up here, are you? I just need to make sure. Where's the fire exit? <laughs> Praise God. All right, I'm gonna share a few things and then we're gonna look at some scriptures. First and foremost, what is lust? Lust is an uncontrolled craving and longing for pleasure that has its roots in evil desires that contradict the word of God. You will find that sometimes the word lust in itself just means desire. And sometimes in the scripture, the word lust is used in a positive sense, but is mainly used in a negative sense. Are you, are you following me? Yeah, so sometimes you, the word is used in a, in a way of expressing zeal for God but it's mainly through scripture used in a negative sense where it's talking about a contradictory desire against God's word or God's will or God's plan. And Satan uses lust. He uses the lust of the world purposely to squeeze out of you the love for God's wants and God's desires. Let's look at this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. My, my, my. Lord, help us. <laughs> it's going to be good. I remember when I, I just finished the series, I think it was, a, it was a five part series with my church. When I first started talking to them about this, they looked at me like, Pastor, you being for real? But we've got to deal with this stuff. Yeah. Amen? We've got to deal with this stuff. Is it on the screen? <laughs> Praise God. Look at this. It says, do not love the world <clears throat> or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is what? It's not in him. You cannot, let's just stay back on verse 15. You cannot love the world and love and say you love God at the same time. Not possible. Because one will squeeze out the other. If I love God, it will squeeze out the love of the world. If I love the world, it's designed to squeeze out the love of the Father. All right, watch this. Look at next verse 16. <clears throat> For all that is in the world is the lust of the, the lust of the, and the pride of, it's not of the Father, but it's of the world. Look at verse 17. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. 
But he who does the will of God does what? Abides for how long? Let's go back to verse 16. Oh, I love this church, man. You guys are good. You guys are good. Watch this. Now, let me just define this word world. This word world here is not referring to creation. It's referring to a system of operation governed by Satan. And in Satan's system is governed by three things. And you can pause right now and just think about how what spins the world right now. And you can see that this is the very thing that's spinning the world. The lust of the... The lust of the, and the pride of what? These are the three things that spin the world. Satan uses these things to, it's his operation. His job is to get you out from the place of the spirit into his system where he draws you out. And his whole agenda is to wipe you out. The wages of sin is what? Death. The whole point, we need to wipe these Christians out. They're causing too much havoc. All right, check this out in the message Bible. Look at this in the message Bible. You still with me? All right, go to verse, if we go to verse 15, that's it. Wait, look what it says here. Don't love the world's ways. <clears throat> Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world does what? It squeezes out the love of the Father. My gosh. So I'm thinking, what is in this world that's designed to squeeze out? What is it? All right, verse 16. Practically everything that goes on in the world, watch this. Wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself. Watch this, because this I can definitely see this happening. This one, <laughs> wanting to appear what it has nothing to do with the Father, it just isolates you from Him. It's spinning the world right now. Look at verse 17 the world and all it's wanting, wanting. Wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is what is running and spinning the system of operation that Satan governs. And his job is, can I squeeze out of you the desire for what God wants, for God's ways, God's plans, just get you to fall in love with the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes. Just get you to fall in love with that and I've got you where I want you. Squeeze out of you what God wants. Now watch this. Go to Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 to 6 in the New King James Bible. Watch this. You're going to see this play out from the very beginning. Watch this. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 to 6. <clears throat> Praise God. Genesis 3, we got it? Oh, brilliant, watch this. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Next verse. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden now, this is very important because she's about to say what God has said. Now, you, you know, if you're going to say something God has said, you've got to say it correctly. Because if you fail to say it correctly, Satan's going to go, ha! Because I can, get, I can squeeze in where there's a misunderstanding of what you think is the truth. You see, close to the truth is still not the truth. 
So Eve is about to make a mistake in what she says God says. And Satan is going to use this. I'm going to prove it to you. Watch this. God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now pause. Just pause right here. Go to Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 because if you're going to quote God you have got to quote him exactly the way he said it all right let's see what God actually said go to Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 then uh, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it watch this verse 16 more grace <laughs> more anointing more blessing more excellence <laughs> Praise God. And the Lord God commanded the man saying of every, like, so now God is saying of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Watch this, verse 17. Verse 17, watch this. So this there's two mistakes Eve has made here. If you go to verse 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Can anyone tell me the mistake Eve made when she quoted God? Let's go back to Genesis chapter three, verse, verse two, I believe it was. God has said you shall not eat because the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Go back to Genesis two, um, verse, so it's Genesis chapter three. We're gonna, sorry guys, I, I, I know, I, I should have warned you before I got here. Genesis chapter three, verse two. Right, watch this. Uh, and verse, uh, where do we know? Verse one, was it verse one we were at? I can't even remember now. Verse one, verse one. That's it, there we go, verse three. She said, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you, lest you die. What did God say? No, what did God say? But what did he say? What, 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 what determined death? The day you eat it, you shall what? You shall die. What did Eve say? The day you eat it and there's a mistake. God didn't say anything about touching. He didn't say nothing about touching. So automatically Satan goes, ah, you didn't, you didn't get this right. You've given me an opportunity now to convince you otherwise. Because think about this. If you believe touching and eating is going to bring death, when touching had nothing to do with it, if you touch it and don't die, surely I can go eat it and I won't die. You hear what I'm saying? <sighs> My gosh. Watch this. Go to verse 4. Go to verse 4. Look at this. Uh, no, go back to, you, you, no, you were right the first time. Genesis chapter three, verse four. There you go. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Of course he's going to say that. You just told him, eat, touch. You're not going to die. Look at verse five. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Listen, Eve did not need to know good and evil. She, she knew God who knew good and evil. Their job was to depend on God. They didn't need to know good and evil. Ah, but I just need to know. No, you don't. You know God. You're all right. Trust me, you don't want to know. You know how sometimes we get curious? Ah, I just, I just need to know. Listen, you don't need to know. You're all right. You have God who knows. Amen? Watch this, watch this. Verse six, he says, so when the woman saw, okay, now watch the system of operation come into play. When she saw that the tree was good for food, someone shout, shout lust of the flesh. That it was pleasant to the eyes, someone shout lust of the eyes. And the tree was desirable to make one wise, someone shout pride of life. So now the system is in operation. She's been sucked in. 
Watch this. She now took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave to her. Listen, I'm going to have a word with Adam when I get up there, but she also gave to her husband with her, and he did what? He ate. Look at Satan's agenda. His agenda was to tempt Eve into rebelling against God and to get her focus off of what God had freely provided. She didn't even mention the fact that God had freely given her everything else in the garden. Just don't touch this one. She didn't, she didn't, she didn't recognize. See, you've been freely given salvation, freely given deliverance, freely given, by his grace, freely given healing, freely given. You see, when you're so busy focused on what you've been freely given, there's no time to try and play about with what Satan is trying to give you. Are you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Praise God. Lust takes place in the mind because Satan had to get in her mind. He had to get in her thinking. I gotta try and change the way you're thinking. It takes place in the mind. The warfare is in the mind. The spiritual battles in the mind. Satan wants your mind. And as a born again Christian, if your mind is left unguarded and vulnerable to Satan's agenda, he is. Listen, he's gonna. His whole job is: Can I get? I, I'm looking for a vulnerable mind. That's why it's so important to come to church to hear the word. Because your mind is being bombarded with everything throughout the week. Are you know what I'm saying? Some people are like, ah. you see, you can't think of church as a tick box exercise. I need this, I need this word. I need to hear someone speak a word that lines up with God and his system because I'm in a world whose system is, de is, is dependent on the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Are you know what I'm saying? You're surrounded by this. So coming here is almost like I'm away from that for just, just for a moment to give me that, that impetus, that energy, that, that empowerment to go into the world and say, I can fight you. Yeah. Are you know what I'm saying? Praise God. Now watch this. Since lust takes place in the mind, what has God given me to combat this thing? Go to Ephesians chapter two, verse one to three. I need to know what I have. <clears throat> Remember, lust is an uncontrolled craving and desire that goes against the word of God. It takes place in the mind, in our thoughts. There are things that go, for, listen, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can, you can stop it from growing a nest in your headpiece, amen? Mm, you can. You can. You can stop it. And I think sometimes Christians think, ah, I had the thought. And because you think the thought was sin, you yield to the thought when actually when the thought comes, you rebuke the thought because the thought is not sin, yielding to the thought is sin. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So some Christians have the thought and they go, oh, how could, I'm a Christian, how could something like this come through my mind? No, listen, you've got to, at that point, hey, this is not of God, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Resist the devil and he will do what? But Christians go, oh, how could I? How, how could I? And he's like, no, no, listen. You are human. You are surrounded by so much. There will be, listen, you could go to, to the cinema. You go watch a movie and, you know, a scene comes on. You have to cover your eyes a little bit, do something like this. And you hear what I'm saying? And then somehow it, it kind of got through the fingers and you saw something. And you're like, I was, trying, I was trying to close my eyes. I was trying. And now you're sitting there one day and a thought comes to your mind, hey, hey, hey. You don't go, oh my gosh, how could I? I'm God's not, no, that's the moment you stand up. I'm a born again Christian. Where'd that come from? I rebuke you in Jesus' name. You know what I'm saying? Satan wants your mind. He's coming after your mind. You have to understand that God wants your mind too. 
So you decide who gets it. Oh my gosh. You decide. Amen. Watch this. Ephesians 2, chapter 1. Sorry, sorry, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Check this out. I need to know what God's given me. Lord, this stuff is, is, is coming after my mind. What do I do? I need to know what you've given me. And you, he made what? Who were dead in trespasses and sins. What, did you know what this means? It means you're not dead in trespasses and sins anymore. Well, uh, remember past, present, and future tense? Remember that in school? And you, he made alive who? Past, pre past present, or, or future. Which one is that one? Past tense. I used to be dead in my trespasses and sins. I'm no longer dead in my trespasses. I'm alive unto God. It means in my spirit, my spirit now responds to God. Before, my spirit just responded to sin. My spirit now responds to God. Before, sin told me to go left or right, and I just I follow. And I won't feel guilty about it. Won't feel no shame, won't feel nothing about it. No, but now, my, my spirit responds to God. When something's trying to move me, the God's like, mm-mm. And my spirit responds. Amen? Watch this. Look at verse 2. In which you once walked according to the course of this world. Ladies and gentlemen, past, present, or future? Past, past tense, right? You once walked. Once walked. Turn to them and say, you once walked, you once walked according to the course of this world. Watch this. You once walked according to the prince of the power of the air. You once walked. You once walked. He don't control you no more. You once walked. Watch this. Before pornography controlled your life. Hey, it controlled you. Can, can, I, can, I, can I talk to you, church? Before pornography controlled you. Why? Because that was your course. You were born into that course. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. You ever been to uni and had a friend who changed course? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, how come you're not? I changed course. How come I haven't seen? I changed course. So changing course means I don't have to come back to the same lecture. I don't have to hear the same lecturer. I don't have to go to the same, remember tutorials? Anyone at uni? Tutorial, remember that one? Tutorial and seminars. I don't have to do that no more. You see, as Christians who once walked according to the course of this world and once walked according to the prince of the power of the air, we no longer need to, to, to be subject to the old course. Tell your name I have a new course. That means I have a new lecturer. Mm? When Satan says something, I'm like, well, oh, oh, you're, the old, you're the old lecturer. <laughs> yeah, amen? <laughs> Praise God. Watch this. Check this out. So we used to walk according to the old course, according to the principle of the air. The spirit, the spirit, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So those who are not born again still have the spirit of disobedience, the spirit. You see, the only way your spirit becomes one of obedience is believing the one who was obedient. Because unless you believe the one who's obedient, then we can't change your spirit from disobedient to obedient. And as long as you're disobedient in spirit, you're always gonna be subject to the old course. And under the old course, you're gonna be subject to the prince of the power of the air. Are you know what I'm saying? And if you're subject to the prince of the power of the air, then you're going to be subject to his system. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. My gosh. Watch this. You guys with me? Yeah. I haven't lost you, have I? Yeah. 
I didn't lose you at pornography, did I? I need to make sure. This needs to make sure. All right, watch this. Among whom also we all once, you see how he's just hitting that once? I'm trying to get you to see that's who you used to be. Once, once. We once conducted ourselves in the, of the what? You see that? Fulfilling the desires of the, and of the, and we were by nature, by what, by what? Nature, children of what? Wrath, just as the others. Oh, so what God, so, so Lord, I hear what you're telling me. I'm once, I'm once. So what did you do? What changed? All right, go verse four, watch this. Someone shout, but God. But God who is rich in what? Because of his great what? With which he did what? What did you do with your great love, Lord? What did you do? Verse five, watch this. I need a solution. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, what did you do? He made us alive together with who? By grace you have been. Verse six, watch this. Praise God. And what did he do? He raised us up where? With who? Together with, with Christ, right? And made us sit together in the heavenly places in, in Christ Jesus. So this is what he says. He says, hey, this is how I get you from under the dominion of, the, of Satan's system. I'm going to change your spirit. I'm going to change your spirit. I'm going to give you a, watch this, a new nature that doesn't have to be subject to the old course and to the old system of operation. Yeah. Ah, man. My Lord. Man, man, man. Watch this. I just, I, I just need to show you this. This is, look at Titus chapter three, verse three to seven. You guys are good, man. You guys, you, you, see, you know, when you have a good congregation, it begins to pour out of you stuff even stuff that you hadn't even prepared for, but the wisdom of God just starts to pour out. Amen. So you guys are sucking stuff out of me right now. Take it. Take it in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, uh, Titus chapter 3, verse 3 to 7. Oh my gosh. And do you know what? It, this is a topic that impacts everybody. Because you might go, whoa, Pastor E.D., mm, I hear what you're saying, but I have no problem with pornography. Well, you, have a, you might have a problem with doing what you want against what God wants. That's still following the lust of the flesh. You hear what I'm saying? You know how sometimes we try to compare, like, well, I, at least I ain't sleeping with anyone before marriage. Well, you got a bad attitude. <laughs> uh, so there's a problem there. What I'm trying to say is no one's perfect. So we shouldn't come in here like, oh, we've got, even the preacher ain't perfect. Huh? We are, we are looking to Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So this is a topic that impacts all of us in some way, shape or form. No one, listen, unless you have left the body and you are present with the Lord, are you hearing what I'm saying? Unless you've left the body and you are present with the Lord, this impacts everybody. Because we are in the world, but we're not of the world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So we can't walk in and go, up, Pastor Edie, I hear what you're saying, but that can't be me. It's definitely you. If you're the one saying it ain't you, it's it's you, 100%. 100%. Not even 99.9, 100. 110. We're getting over. You have to understand this. This is a moment of examination for all of us. 
Lord, is there an area in my life where my desire is contrary to your desires? Because then lust has entered in some way, shape or form. And Satan is trying to use that to draw me and squeeze out the love of the Father. Oh my gosh. Uh, watch this. For we ourselves were also, watch this, look at this again. Once what? Once what? Once what? Once serving various what? Once, once, once. And pledge, we once were serving pleasures, living in malice, and once envy, and once hateful, and once hating one another. Watch this. Watch this, verse 4. But when, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, so how did I go from the once to who I am right now? Watch this. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior towards man appeared, oh, I see that, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, what did he do? Through the washing and regenerate, washing of regeneration and what? The renewing of the Holy Spirit. So this is he saying again, I saved you by regenerating your spirit and imparting life through the Holy Spirit. This is not two separate events. It's two things happening in one event. Regeneration of your spirit. Holy Spirit imparts life on the inside of you. It's called eternal life. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what type of life? Eternal life. We were at the traditional wedding yesterday, and uh, the, yeah, what's the name of the lady that does the MC? What's that? Alaga. Yeah. She said, to my brother who was getting married, she said to my brother, <laughs> said, we, are you spiritually competent? And he laughed. <laughs> he said, yes, I'm spiritually competent. She said, what's your favorite scripture? He said, hmm. So I whispered into his ear, at the easiest one, John 3, 16. And we just, the whole group, even the guys that don't go to church, all knew John 3, 16. But what I love about it is that he's talking about eternal life that comes from believing Jesus. It's that same life that takes you out from under the authority of the course, the old course, and puts you on the new course. I need you to understand you're on a new course. You have a new spirit. Pornography can't control you. Are you hear what I'm saying? It can't control you. Now, I'm not saying you can't be tempted by it. I'm saying it cannot control you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I think that the problem is Christian people get tempted and they think the temptation is sin. No, that's temptation is pressure applied to your flesh, trying to move you in a direction contrary to God's word. So when the pressure comes, scripture says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil and he will flee. Some of us, we don't resist. We just go, oh, how could this happen to me? And then you feel condemned and guilty and then you let the thing manifest. Oh my gosh. Oh man, look at this, James chapter one, verse 13 to 15. I hope this is helping somebody. Watch this. Now, I need you to understand that lust is, ha is happening in the mind. You're gonna see how James begins to break this down and show us what the real deal is. Look at this. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. You need to know that God is not the one tempting you. God is on your side. If God be for me, who can be against me? God is for me. Amen? 
Look at verse 14. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his and so hold on just stay on verse 14 for a second I, this kind of sounds like god is saying dude if, if stuff's happening there's a desire issue here there's is it is there's a desire issue that is your own so don't blame me i'm for you but you must recognize what the source of this desire is because you're you're only tempted and drawn away by your own desire and you're only enticed in the area of your own desire. Listen, if you're, I said this to my church, if your issue is not pornography, then Satan cannot use that to try and put pressure on you. Are you know what I'm saying? He will only apply pressure where there's a desire. If you don't have a desire for that, there's nothing he can do. You're, he's wasting his time. So he will always apply pressure in your life where there's a desire. So hear me out. If I can figure out how to deal with this desire issue, I can nullify Satan at his, at his root. Are you hear what I'm saying? Watch this. Look what James says. This is so good. Watch this. Verse 15. Then when desire has... Ah. So if I can stop desire from conceiving... Are you, are you following me, church? So the issue now is, okay, I have a desire. All right, don't let it conceive. The desire is going against the word of God. Don't let it conceive. That's, this, this is it. Someone goes, are we having a baby? It's like that, isn't it? Don't let it conceive. Watch this. Then when the desire is conceived, what does it do? It gives birth to? So it, if it's just stuck at desire point and it doesn't conceive in order to give birth, then it cannot be sin. Most Christians have the desire, think the desire is sin, and they give in to the condemnation in their mind, right? And then they allow it to conceive, and then it gives birth to sin. Watch this. And sin, when it's full grown, brings forth what? I told you, Satan's trying, trying to wipe you out, right? So we need to know how to stop this thing from conceiving. Let me show you how Jesus did it. Uh, actually, let me, how much time? All right, let me give you one more. Look at Matthew 5, 28. Let me prove this point. Then I'm going to show you how Jesus did it. Then I'm going to show you, if I have time, how David didn't do it. Then I'm going to show you what we need to do. If I have time. Uh, let's see if we can move on. Watch this. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to do what? Has already committed adultery, adultery of her in his. Now, I see, I need to understand the looking part is not an issue. Go back. The, have, listen, there are women in this place today. Men, are you here? You see, back in the day, where, <laughs> there's a, yep, 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 we here, men say, we here, yep, you see, you see, back in the day, when, when you were coming of age, and it was time to get married, and stuff like that, you know, in, 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 in church, they'll say, watch this, they'll say, watch, and what, and pray, that's in, open your eyes, don't always be praying, close your eyes, maybe your wife is right there, you don't know, watch and pray my point is that sometimes you could you're every day you're looking at a woman the looking's not an issue are you know what i'm saying the issue is what you do with how you look are you see what i'm saying most people look at women and go, yeah, I can't do this. you see you're greeting the women and you're closing your eyes that could be your wife right there because we're too deep you know we're too spiritual oh praise the lord sister how are you open your eyes <laughs> What are you doing? What are you doing playing that? Oh, I'm in the house of the Lord and I don't want to see. My friend, stay home then and watch on YouTube. <laughs> what? Lord have mercy. 
He says, I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust. To lust. So the lust look is a way of look that allows the desire to conceive and give birth to sin. Are you know what I'm saying? Oh, man. Don't let it conceive. So stop being afraid of greeting. Do we still do the two-minute break where you go greet your neighbor? Yes, I love you in the love of the... Remember that one? No, don't do that. Back in the day where you take two minutes in the service, you go greet and say hello to somebody you haven't seen. Yeah? That's how some people got together. That's how some people got together. I, when I, I, when I, met, I remember when I met my wife, first week at, at university, I, I got introduced to um, a church at uni. I went for the first week. I mean, I wasn't looking. I was just going. And they went, I, I'm a bass player, and there was no one playing the bass. I said, can I go up there and play the bass? They said, yeah, of course, we've been looking for a bass player. I got up there, played the bass, and I saw my wife right there, kneeling down, worshipping. I opened my eyes, I saw her, I said, yeah! I closed my eyes. <laughs> I closed my eyes, I said, Lord. So am I going to sit here and just do this the whole day? I had to open my eyes. I opened one at one time, then another. I saw her again, I said, my Lord. And God said, listen. Go talk to her. Don't turn this into something what it, that is not. You've seen an attractive woman. Go and say hello to her. Introduce yourself. My name is this. What's your name? What are you studying? And that's what I did. After service, I went straight up to her. Hi, my name's Emmanuel. What's your name, Samantha? Oh, lovely. How long have you been here? This is my church. I'm just my first time. Lovely. And I never spoke to her again for three weeks. I started speaking to all her friends. She messaged me on Facebook and said, so how have you got all my friends' details? You ain't got mine. I said, I'm just playing. I need to see whether we, we're on the same page. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? I, I don't want to be coming too far. And then you're like, nah, dude, I don't find you attractive at all. So I said, let me just take my time. But it was just, it was just, it was, it was Holy Spirit driven. Are you know what I'm saying? And that's how we got to be. We've got to learn how to rest in the fact that we're under a new course. We have a spirit who doesn't have the old nature. So I, Lord, help me to look and not allow things to conceive, desires to conceive. Are you know what I'm saying? Don't let that conceive. Watch this, abort the thought. Abort what? The thought. You see, when, when stuff's coming through your mind and you're like, this, this ain't of God, abort, 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 abort. That's how we should be. That's how we should be. So let me close with this. Watch this. Because of time, guys, I, I, we don't have time to go through everything, but I'll just share this last Bible verse. Watch this. Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. And then we're going to move into... Matthew 4, verse 1. And we're going to close. I hope you've benefited from this, guys. I hope this has helped you. Lovely. Watch this. Now, this is before Jesus goes into to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. But before he goes in, look what happens. And suddenly, a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Watch this. God says, Hey, God knows. He says, you're going into the wilderness. I'm going to reaffirm who you are. You're the son whom I love. I'm well pleased with you. So now he's going into battle. He's going to fast. He's going to pray. And after the time of prayer and fasting, Satan is going to come to tempt him. Now, I need you to think about something. Satan cannot tempt where there is no desire. So Jesus, since you are the one who was tempted in all points and never sinned, what did you do that, that stopped Satan from having victory over you? Because whatever you did, that's what I'm going to have to practice. Watch this, verse 1. 
Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. Stop right there. Stop right there. Verse two. He was what? That sounds like there's a human desire there. There's an area where Satan can apply what? Pressure. Watch this. Verse three. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, well, God had already told him, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You see, every time you go into a bit of pressure, best believe you're already equipped. God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Amen. Watch this. Command these stones to become what? Verse four. But he answered and said, now this is important because most Christians will do this. Rather than answer and say, they will try to replace the thought with another thought. No, Jesus said, I'm going to counteract what you're trying to sow in my mind and my heart with the word of God. You don't fight thoughts with thoughts. You fight thoughts with words. Yes. Let's do a quick test. In your mind right now, quietly to yourself. When I say go, I want you to count to 10 in your mind. Ready? Go. All right, stop and say your name. What happened to the thought? My Lord. Most Christians are struggling with stuff and they're trying to fight it. Stop. No. And saying goes, I'm just going to keep pumping this thing. Because you're not doing what your Savior taught you to do. He answered and said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Because of time, we won't read the rest, but can I encourage you guys? You have a new nature under a new course with a new lecturer. Satan does not control you. That issue of lust doesn't control us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Doesn't. It doesn't. So I need to be around what God is saying, what God has said. So when he comes, when Satan comes at my door, I can answer and say what God has said. Amen. He's banking on you not knowing who you are. It's time we know who we are. Amen. Amen. Just bow your heads in prayer. Father, we just say thank you oh, for what we've received today. Thank you for victory in Christ Jesus. Thank you for practical steps that we can walk out, Lord. Sin doesn't dominate us. We are under the grace of God and empowered to walk a victorious life. We are regenerated in spirit, renewed by the Holy Spirit. And Father, we thank you that even right now as I'm praying, chains are being broken. Oppression from Satan is being destroyed right now. Burdens are being removed and yokes being destroyed. As this word comes forth, a shift is ayaba. A shift is taking place in the spirit right now, guys. Can you just can we just pray with me just for for, for fifty seconds, real sixty seconds, real quickly, just to begin to declare in Jesus' name 
whatever's been bothering you, I sense the anointing. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Ah, thank you, Lord. Victory, 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 victory. Victory, victory, victory. Abasha, victory. Victory, 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 victory. Victory, victory, victory. Oh. Victory in you, Lord Jesus. We are not going to allow the world system to dominate our lives. No, show us how to live, Lord. Help us to live the way you called us to live. Help us to think the way you called us to think. Help us to desire your word, desire your presence, desire you. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you. We need you, Lord. We need you. Especially in a time like this, where things in the world is going so crazy. They're going so crazy. Lord, help us to stay still in your presence. We need you. We need you. We need you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Come on, give the Lord Jesus.